This is Whitley Strieber, and this is Dreamland. You've reached the edge of the world. Well, today on Dreamland, we have, coincidentally, something very unusual. Uh, we are talking to someone who actually understands synchronicity and coincidences scientifically. Now, you and I know, folks, that we have talked about synchronicities and coincidences just a few times on this show over the years. But Dr. Bernard Beitman is a scientist, he's a psychiatrist, and more than that, in, a se in the sense that he has figured out some of the physics of why and how this happened. It's real, but it, not only that, you can bring it into your life. It's not something that has to just happen to you from time to time. You can make it part of the way you are. We're going to be talking about all of that with Bernard, and it's going to be very exciting. His book, Meaningful Coincidences, which by a, I don't think it's a coincidence. It's right behind him. You can see it. Uh, and yeah, right, get, get that, figure it out. Um, uh, is uh, quite a wonderful book. It's not long, and it is very uh, thorough, but the most important thing is it tells us how this all works. Now, I thought we would start, Bernard, and welcome to Dreamland, by the way. Um, Thank you very much, Whitley. Yeah. And... and and Trish McGregor says hi, so thank you. For you know Trish, me. do you? Well, you would. I mean, she's the synchronicity. She's been on this show about talking about synchronicities many, many times. Yep. Yeah. She's got a podcast on Unknown Country. In oh, fact. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and she's available. She's a, a wonderful podcaster, and she's here every week. Uh, so note that, folks. Um, and go to Mystical Underground and listen to her podcast. Oh, by the way, we have a surprise coming up for you folks. Jeremy Vaney is going to return. He's going to be doing one Dreamland a month. I couldn't convince him to start his old podcast again, but he jumped at that. And so we will be having Jeremy back with us, which is going to be a lot of fun. All right. Now, let's, let's uh, start with this. Coincidences. Weird coincidences. You make a distinction. What is that distinction? What is the distinction between an ordinary coincidence and something else? The distinction li lies in the adjective you use in front of the word. Because the word coincidence has a, a neutral meaning. Uh, and I, I, to, to define it in, in kind of a more elaborate way, a meaningful coincidence is the coming together of two or more events in a surprising, unexpected, and improbable way that seems to have significance to the person experiencing it, either at the moment or in retrospect, and this is the key part for Whitley, may seem to have a possible explanation. It may seem to have a possible explanation. We don't know whether it does or whether it doesn't. So it's neutral in regard to meaning, the word coincidences. But if you put adjectives in front of it, which people do, on the one hand, the random people like to say mere, only, just a coincidence, while the more meaning-oriented people will put 
meaning in front of the word or use the word synchronicity or possibly serendipity to suggest that there's something significant to me and that there might be a cause. You know, we talk about synchronicities all the time on the show, but I don't think anyone's ever actually said where that word comes from. And I'm sure you know the story of how that happened in Dr. Jung's life. Because the the story comes from Carl Jung. He coined the word synchronicity because of of a synchronicity, actually, of an extraordinary coincidence that happened in his life. Uh, Can you tell us that story? Well, let's let's go back to that 1973 or so publication uh, written before that by Carl Jung uh, called Synchronicity. And Jung didn't use the word synchronicity for meaningful coincidence. He used meaningful coincidence usually, but the word synchronicity had a different origin for Jung. That origin had to do with is trying to figure out how meaningful coincidences took place. Many of them that he was interested in would currently be called psi events. So he's trying to think, how can I come up with this? And he came up with the word synchronicity and defined it as an a-causal connecting principle. By a-causal connecting principle, he meant that there was some cause other than the one we usually use when we say A causes B, and the cause he was referring to was meaning. He thought that meaning connected the external event, which usually happens with coincidences, and the internal event. They're not always that way. Sometimes they're internal events to other person's internal events, and sometimes there's the neglected version that is called seriality, where the the parts of the coincidence can be observed by anybody else. These I call object-object coincidences because you can see them. So Jung used the term synchronicity as an a-causal connecting principle. He uh, had a patient um, who be, who became a new, uh, who was a Nobel Prize winner, um, who came to him because he was having trouble after his wife dropped him, uh, and he got to know quantum physics through his patient, who they became colleagues. And they wrote a monograph where synchronicity was one part of it, and the other part was more about um, about quantum mechanics. So he used the term to suggest that there is a way of understanding meaningful coincidences that is outside of the way science of his time, and currently really, thinks about the way things happen, that there isn't just cause and effect, there's meaning. So what he, what he tried to do was introduce this idea with the almost apocryphal story you're referring to uh, that became the, the legend of synchronicity, if you will. It became the primary sto- story, the first story the one that's repeated most often to illustrate synchronicity. And before I tell you the story, part of the way of defining synchronicity is illustrated currently, is illustrated in this story. And I use the word synchronicity now because most people use the word synchronicity to define meaningful coincidence, to mean meaningful coincidence. I'm trying to suggest, well, come on, 
it's not just synchronicity. Serendipity is getting some good scientific work, some research done primarily in European universities. So the serendipity is also a form of meaningful coincidence, as I as I'm sure I'll get into later. But I'll use the term yeah. synchronicity. I'll use the term synchronicity to describe uh, the scarab story that uh, you, Whitley, are referring to. And after the break, Free Dreamlanders, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to the scarab story. We'll be right back. Have you ever read Communion? Or have you never read Communion? It's out in a new edition very powerful, a subtly new cover that reflects the fact that the visitors are now looking back at us because they truly are. You can get it from the unknowncountry.com store as a Kindle, as a beautiful, sumptuous paperback, or as an unabridged audiobook read by me it's the first time in the whole life of communion that it has been read in full in audio format. And believe you me, I felt that reading. I put my life, my memories into it. And I trust you can hear it in the voice. I sure felt it while I was reading. So get communion, listen to it, read it. Communion is of central importance to all of our lives. This is Whitley Strieber. Listen to me now from June of 2010, talking to Alan Lammers about an incredible thing that happened to him on the island of Sulawesi in Indonesia. Here you are in South Sulawesi, in the little town in the district of Sandu Batu, you were, what happened? You were told something rather strange. Well, we were told before we went, um, like my, my friends that I work with in, with the NGO, they told me that when you pack, because it kind of happened by accident, I went out to buy a raincoat. It rains quite a bit in this part of the world. And so I went out and I bought a yellow raincoat. And my friend said, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't take that to Walla Walla. And I said, well, why not? And he says, well, it's the, you can't wear that color. So anyways, excuse me. So I thought, okay, well, what colors can I wear? They, they said, well, you can only wear black or white. You cannot wear any bright colors, no bright green, especially no yellow and you know, that's all you should bring. And I, and I said, well, what would happen? And they said, well, uh, people disappear. You will find the rest of that story, and it is brain-bending, in the June 5th edition of Dreamland, June 5, 2010 edition of Dreamland in the unknowncountry.com archive. This archive is one of the richest of its kind in the world, probably is the richest of its kind in the world, filled with extraordinary shows, of which this show is certainly one, this show with Alan Lammers. You will never have heard anything like it. It does what Dreamland is here to do. It opens your mind to the fact that, 
that we live inside a hidden reality that we prefer not to acknowledge, but not here. Here on unknowncountry.com, we do acknowledge it. We live in it and we love it. Subscribe today. You can't go wrong. Go to unknowncountry.com right now and get started. We're talking to Bernard Beitman. His book, Meaningful Coincidences, his website, coincider.com, lovely website. He's got a blog on it, and he has his own podcast, which he's been doing. You've been doing your podcast for a while now. Uh, 2016, mostly radio, and then the last couple of years, it's been on YouTube. So how did we find you on YouTube? Um, just put connect, put my name in, it'll get there to it. You'll get my podcast. You'll get my psychology today blog, which has been around since 2016. It's gotten about a million looks and you'll also find my book. Ah, okay, good. And, well, that's and my a, website and my website. Yes. Yeah. And that's how to get into this. So, which would not be a coincidence, it would not be a coincidence if a lot of my, that's right. get into it. You are now describing the difference. Once you know the cause of what was a coincidence, it is no longer a coincidence. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about patterns of coincidence. Your chapter on patterns of coincidence starts out, humans seek coherent structure and order. We see patterns. Now, sometimes we don't, we see patterns that aren't there. And for example, pareidolia, the seeing of faces in places where there are no faces. Uh, Now, um, but before we do that, I don't want to annoy my listeners because I want to finish the Jung story of his first discovery of his, the first synchronicity that sort of stopped him and made him realize something weird was going on. Well, he started with synchronicity in the 1920s, so he was talking to his groups about him, and he was kind of afraid to bring it up um, to the general public or even his colleagues because uh, outside of the group he was talking with because he thought he would be called crazy, which is an important part of all this, that as a mental health professional, as a psychiatrist, I am trying to tell mental health people just because a person has a lot of coincidence is, doesn't mean they're crazy, but that's another subject. By the time Jung reached like in his 70s, he said, okay, I got to get this out there. And he wrote the monograph, uh, Synchronicity. And the central story involves a dream and a scarab. And this has been paid a lot of attention, particularly by me. I've written about it several times on my Psychology Today posts because there's something really strange about this particular synchronicity, as we'll call it now. But I'll describe the basics of it first. He had a patient, a young woman, who was caught in an iron iron retort of rationality. He couldn't break her rationality, trying to help her become more emotional and more intuitive, it seemed like. But she wouldn't do it. And he was like, "Ah, I can't. So one day, she came in with a story because Jungians try to get their patients to bring in dreams. So she brought in a dream 
like a good patient, and described a piece of jewelry, a golden scarab ring. Now, a scarab ring, a scarab is an beetle, uh, and it's Egyptian term. The scarab in, in Egyptian refers to death and transformation. And Jung is very much into the archetypes of, of symbols. And so this was a very important symbol for him that maybe this meant there was going to be a transformation in her. So he had been waiting for an opportunity to break through that iron retort of her rationality and heard this dream. And around the same time, he heard a tap, tap, tapping on his window pane. This is in Zurich, Switzerland. And he went to the window and opened it up. And lo and behold, what did he find? But a scarab-like beetle. That is actually pretty common in, in Geneva. I mean, in Switzerland around that time, especially in Zurich. Now, this beetle loves roses. So this is part of where its name comes from in in, in Switzerland. So he, he got this rose-interested beetle and brought it over to his patient and in his palm had the beetle and said, here is your scarab. According to his legend, and I'll put it that way as a legend, the woman blew up her iron retort of rationality and therapy proceeded well. So the so Jung's story ended. Is that enough? Well, there's one curious part of this, but there are many others. There aren't too many coincidences in which one person is the mediator of the coincidence for the other. It's usually I'm here with me and you're here with you or something happens out there, like a media thing is something that you've just thought of. Here, Jung was looking for a way to help this person. So Jung was in need as well. And he found the scarab, scarab-like beetle, and brought it over to her. So he was an intermediary between this woman and her unconscious and her subconscious and her intuition. Now, I, I've, I thought of this as Jung presenting a kind of mythology of himself because this story was a great metaphor for what Jung was trying to do for modern scientific thought. He was trying to say materialism is not right. Break through the retort of your rationality, of your materialism, and notice that there's more going on in your subconscious that we need to be pay, paying attention to. That was his metaphor. That was his mythology. So that's part of the story. But there's probably more. Uh, Eric Wargo, was looking, who's into precognition, was looking into how she might have participated in this synchronicity. Because one of the things people forget is that there are often two people involved. And the other person, not just you, not just Jung, are involved in making the coincidence happen. So Wargo thought, looking back on, on literature about this woman, and there had been accumulated information about her, 
that maybe she was precognitive and her dream was a precognitive dream about what was going to happen the next day. This brings a different light to the whole story, and there's probably more to it, but that is the fundamental synchronicity story of the synchronicity discussions that most people have. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's fascinating, and it's, it's a good place to begin because you left us with some mysteries, that there's probably more to it. And actually, we were to find out ex- exactly that. There is more to it. Let's talk now about patterns of coincidence. Uh, one of the most interesting chapters in, in the book is the different, the way you've organized coincidence into different patterns. And later we're going to talk, folks, about the about physics and coincidence and statistics and coincidence, but I promise you, you're not going to be bored because you're going to come away from this understanding what this is and learning how to participate consciously in it because amazingly enough, Bernard is, is there. You know, before we go, I had meant to do this at the beginning. Uh, I want to read a uh, statement made by Jeff Kripal. You you got a blurb from Jeff, and Jeff is such a good, he does great blurbs. Uh, yes. <laughs> he's a, and everybody on this show knows Jeff, of course, because we wrote Supernatural together. He's been on the show many times. He's going to be on the show again soon. We're, wonderful, we've wonderful. got a really wild show planned with him and a man named John Santos and probably some others, maybe Diana Pasulka. We're not sure yet. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be interesting. Anyway, here's what he said about meaningful coincidences. Bernard Beitman has given us something fundamentally new and helpful here, a careful and rigorous modeling of coincidences that are not just coincidences, and then a pra- way of practically integrating them into our lives, thought, and public culture. Many writers have commented on this subject. None have been this careful, though, this thorough, and frankly, this eloquent, which is very true. If I may, Dr. Beitman makes the impossible possible. Welcome to the psychosphere. Yeah. Now, you know, we all have these things floating around in our lives, and they blow your mind. But there's more there. There's, there is a, there's a ghost in this machine, and we're going to get, get to expose that ghost to your view, folks, and your ears uh, soon. Now, we're going to start by talking about patterns of coincidence. Can you divide for us, define the different patterns of coincidence that you see, and uh, then we're going to go from there and and get get a little deeper into this whole story. Are you referring... Wait, wait, before we go on, folks, and... I always like to surprise my dream, free dreamlanders this way. I'm sure they're used to it. You're getting a break here, but it's a commercial break. We'll be right back. My new book, Jesus, A New Vision, is not a Christian book. It is not an anti-Christian book either. Very much not an anti-Christian book. It is new, genuinely new. A look at Jesus in his life and what happened afterwards, his resurrection, for the Shroud of Turin 
is no medieval forgery. It goes all the way back and it does record an extraordinary event that appears to have been a body transforming into a form of coherent light. The science is very strong at this point. And yet, how could that be? What an extraordinary mystery. The life of Jesus is mysterious indeed, but the greater part of the mystery is about us. How is it that a human body could transform in that way? Who accomplished it? Why did it happen? What does it mean to you and me about our lives now? Jesus, a new vision, a new window into a very old way of looking at the truth. A way of finding ourselves, perhaps, that we lost a long time ago, but can recover. Jesus and New Vision is available in Kindle format, as a paperback, in audiobook format on Audible and Apple, and as a Kindle and paperback on Amazon. Do go and get it today. UnknownCountry.com subscribers have access to a vast treasury of information. Listen to what Dr. Robert Schock said. He's an expert on the past, and for that reason, he also knows a great deal about the future. We are re-entering, as you say, a debris field, and when you have a debris field like this, it enters the solar system, it energizes the solar system as you have things um, going into the sun, even clouds of dust particles, for instance, it will energize the sun, it will destabilize the sun. This is what we saw at the end of the last ice age in approximate terms about 13,000 years ago. And just in the past few days, more enormous meteors have been sighted and this goes on continuously, more and more every year. We live in a time of great change in a world that doesn't like to look at things as they are. UnknownCountry.com offers extraordinary information, a vast archive that you cannot find anywhere else. Subscribe today help keep this website going because without you there is and can be no us go to unknowncountry.com right now click on the subscribe tab get started we're back with bernard beitman dr beitman's book is meaningful coincidences how and why synchronicity and serendipity happen his website is the coincidence or I mean is coincider.com where you can get involved in the coincidence project. You can read his blog, uh, listen to his podcasts, and much more. And it's no coincidence at this moment that we're going to talk about patterns of coincidence. Uh, and uh, we paused a moment for 
uh, Bernard to bone up on these and because they're very it's very important here folks because we're going to figure out coincidence in this show in ways that you've never heard before we're going to start by defining our terms let's talk about object mind and object coincidences uh, thank you Whitley because uh, I very much appreciate your focusing on this uh, because it may not be uh, apparently uh, the best place to start in understanding coincidences, but it is because it takes it out of the kind of uh, what does serendipity actually mean? What does synchronicity actually mean? What is a meaningful coincidence? It, those are kind of abstract and words that are filled with lots of projections from people's ideas about what they might mean. So I've tried to begin the development of a science of meaningful coincidences. And in order to do a good science, a good science starts with good description. A good science starts with good description. From the good description, from a taxonomy of coincidences, this complex territory can be put into patterns from which order, usefulness, and explanation can emerge. Say that again, order, how to organize them, usefulness, and explanation, because the two primary meanings, as we may get to in more detail, the two primary meanings are usefulness and explanation. When people think about coincidences, they want to know how to use them, and they want to know how to explain them. So I broke down serendipity, synchronicity and seriality, remember that's, I'll tell you, object-object coincidences, into just the two basic aspects of all meaningful coincidences. All meaningful coincidences have either mind, something going on in your mind, which can include emotions like grief and sensations, pain, and they also can in, do include thoughts, feelings, emotions, and sensations and images. There's a lot going on in our minds. So when I say mind, I mean all those things and probably more. Usually the most common coincidences involve a mind, a thought, a feeling, something in your own mind, and an object in the external world, a thing usually, something out there, it could be a person. Objects are events that occur in the public sphere so that someone else could possibly observe them. So, object, observable by others, mind only observable by you. Okay? So the mind-object coincidences, as I've mentioned, are the most, most common, least have the widest variety, and from my research, tend to be the most common. In this case, the coincider, and I'm using the word coincider to refer to the person experiencing the coincidence. I think the term experiencer is just too broad. Here, yeah. it's especially on this show, we use that to be experiencers of close encounters. So, yes, yeah, very yes, and this is to be distinguished from. All the other ones. Oh, oh very definitely. Much. Very definitely. Thank you. Very definitely. So the coincider thinks, imagines, and feels something that is paralleled. 
parallel in the world outside the mind. To varying degrees, each object has a form and a meaning that resonates with something in the mind of the coincider. The objects out there can be people, animals, plants, inanimate objects like words and books on the internet, and in speech and music. They can be lost or needed objects like keys or money. They can be visuals in real life like movies, plays, videos, photographs, paintings, and drawings. Objects can also be machines, divining cards. I, I love tarot cards. I've, I've been a tarot card reader for many years, and they, these also are objects that reflect what's going on in people's minds. And in some cultures besides cars, they use the entrails of animals and tea leaves. Well, Any and there's of... also the Tao Te Ching. Um, the I Ching, you. excuse me, the I Ching. You uh, bet. Uh, the, yes. Let, let me ask you this about, about the cards and, and the I Ching. There's some kind of a mechanism there. There's something behind these things that makes it work. Uh, in other words, it's, it's, it's an introduction of it's a let me put it this way i think of it as an inte an in, uh, an intentional introduction of randomness but it's not random is it there's something else going on yes. how would you say what is that yes as why, why do the cards work yes as alice in wonderland liked to say it gets curiouser and curiouser exactly does. And so to become curiouser and curiouser is to recognize that you and I are curious. And curiosity is essential to recognizing and using coincidences because you got to be looking and wondering. So it becomes curiouser and curiouser. So I would do these tarot card readings and the same is true with the I Ching and it's almost easier to talk about the I Ching, but they both have, I think, a fundamental similarity. They're both divining things, and they both use, what, random? What's random? Is the universe random? We might go into that a little bit later, Whitley, but that the idea of random is really a fun problem that I like to be able to address with statisticians, but that's another thing. Well, we're going to talk, talk about statistics in a minute. You know, I have to mention just in passing that this is seemingly off the subject, but it's really not. The Webb Telescope is in the process of discovering, apparently, the Big Bang didn't happen. And so, you know, overlying this whole conversation is a bigger conversation of where are we and what are we. And there's some kind of a web woven here that we're in. And you're talking about living in and noticing that web. And once you start to notice the web, you start to notice these coincidences. Yes, you do. Yeah, uh, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the founder and president of the Coincidence Project. And our vision statement is to illuminate the hidden currents that connect and unite us. The web that you are talking about. Right. And tell us a little bit how we can participate in the Coincidence Project. 
the you start with going to my website and you get ready to go to the coincidence project website which is currently in formation and you begin to think about joining us in the coincidence cafe which meets every third saturday of the month on zoom from 11 to 12:30 a.m. p.m. to on eastern time and i if you contact me and you're interested uh I can put you on the list of the Coincidence Cafe, where, by the way, you can get a cup of Serendipa tea. <laughs> Great. I love your sense of humor. <laughs> Some you. of my guests are really very serious, and that's fine. I'm, I'm often very serious, too. Well, not that often, but I am very serious at times. Uh, I want to I share a coincidence with you. This, good, 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 good. Uh, this is a life coincidence. Involves my mother. Good. My mother was born in a house on St. Mary's Street in San Antonio, Texas, in 1916. She lived her whole life in San Antonio. Uh, her own home that she and my father built was about four or five miles away from this house. Over the years, the house was sold and sold again. The area became part of downtown San Antonio. My family uh, donated another house on the property to a school called Providence High School, which is still part of Providence High School. And this house became a funeral home. Hmm. When my mother passed away, she was buried from that funeral home. And we we were so surprised by the fact that she was being buried from the same house she was born in. We looked at the old plans and the casket during the service rested in the room where she was born. Oh! Isn't that wild and beautiful in a way? Definitely beautiful, wonderful, beautiful. Yeah. Okay, now, you're here, you're the guy, you're the wise man here. Explain this. Give me some ideas about why things like this happen. Because later on, folks, we're going into some really deep coincidences that he's got in this book that'll completely blow your mind. Uh, like, like that one just blew his. So tell us about these things. Tell us more. Why, why is that? What, what is the what is the structure? What is the hidden piece of the universe behind something like that? Well, any time a person tells me a story, and this is what I'd like to be able to do with you. Yes, it's not my podcast. It's your podcast. But I, I'm glad you bring a story in because that really helps this whole thing go, go for me. It's of a dialogue. Course. And I love the dialogue with you. So the first question I ask is what did this meaningful coincidence mean to you? It moved me deeply. Oh, you know, wait a minute, folks. I have got some very, very good news. You're going to see some commercials if you're not a subscriber, which you've seen before. But I urge you, look at them in a new way. We'll be right back. Where is the unknown country? Is it out there in the stars? 
Or is it also somewhere else? Is it in us, in you? Unknown country, join us today. Go to unknowncountry.com right now and join us. Join the questions. Join the search. Join the adventure. Unknowncountry.com. There's no place like it in the world. Have you ever read Communion? Or have you never read Communion? It's out in a new edition. Very powerful, a subtly new cover that reflects the fact that the visitors are now looking back at us because they truly are. You can get it from the unknowncountry.com store as a Kindle, as a beautiful, sumptuous paperback, or as an unabridged audiobook read by me. It's the first time in the whole life of communion that it has been read in full in audio format. And believe you me, I felt that reading. I put my life, my memories into it, and I trust you can hear it in the voice. I sure felt it while I was reading. So get communion, listen to it, read it. Communion is of central importance to all of our lives. We're talking and having, frankly, at least me, I'm having a great time with Bernard Beitman. You know, I, I don't do this. I do this for sort of what I would describe as serious fun. And yes. uh, this this show, and, and I know Bernard does his show the same way. You you listen to it, and you can hear the fun he's having right in his voice. And I'm having a lot of fun, too. Now, we're going to diverge a little bit, because we just had a coincidence. This moment, he... Uh, uh, we stopped. We paused. When I when I do the break, we pause, and as we were pausing, Bernard said, uh, "I guess you're going to be putting your Jesus book in this." And I thought, and I said, "Well, I don't talk about my books when uh, I'm talking. I'm on the show. I'm talking about your books." But the break you just saw was the break. The Jesus commercial was in, and that is written in the in the, in the list of commercials already. So he brings that up out of nowhere, just before the break where the commercial is actually going to appear. Now, how did that happen, Bernard? How okay. did that happen? <laughs> well, as I was trying to mention before, if you've got an explanation, it's no longer. A coincidence if and I will give you what I think is the exp is an explanation um, there I, I had seen uh, one of your podcasts recently like yesterday or and I noticed that there was a change in your tone of voice as you started to introduce what came on to be the Jesus book commercial 
And the tone of voice that you just ended this segment with reminded me of the tone of voice I heard from you before the Jesus commercial was aired that when I was watching the last your podcast. So I thought maybe that might be, but there was something more than that. And I suggest to you that we're having enough of a good time here, Whitley, that uh, I am able to tune into your mind and your heart a little bit so I could pick up something in you that might have been a clue as well. Well, yeah, that's very interesting uh, because, yeah, there's a lot of empathy, that's for sure, between the two of us. I feel it, too. I'm having a good time. Um, And now... Well, let's go back to my mama and what that coincidence meant to me. It meant a lot of things. Uh, it, it spoke to me about a life that belonged to the place. She belonged to San Antonio. I don't think she left San Antonio more than three or four times. I mean, left South Texas more than three or four times during her entire life. And it was concluded in a way where it began. And Her roots were there so profoundly. And when I go to visit her and my dad, when I go to San Antonio and in the graveyard, uh, I always think of this. And at the moment, in that morning, during the funeral, I whispered this to my brother. I told him this. And um, a few seconds later, I could see a tear coming down his face. And I felt it too. It was a very profound moment. I felt the coherence and the of her life and the beauty of it, frankly. That's so that's how do you respond to this? Well, it falls into a category of coincidences called f- coming full circle, which is part of the spiral of life, which this illustrated. It's not just a circle. It's a spiral so that she was born on one aspect of the spiral and was put put in her grave or began to be put in her grave in another aspect of the spiral directly parallel to where she started. So that's a description of a lot of other coincidences where where it comes full circle in that spiral. That's a description. That's a category that I would put your mother's story in. Then we get to how that might have happened. And one of the fundamental aspects of really good coincidences, and this was really a good one, is uh, is resonating, is the, the resonation of place. And you made it so clear that your mother resonated with San Antonio, resonated with her living there, resonated with the birthplace that she came back to. And that resonance is as close as I can get to how this works. That resonance is so important that we seek, like in music, we like to hear harmony. This was harmony in her life as well as the life of her boys. Now, there's something deeper behind that. Go ahead. You're talking about harmony, and I'm looking now at a universe filled with harmony. Yes. Is that what 
coincidence is? Is are we seeing the 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 tips and edges and shadows of harmony in the universe when we do? Yes. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that and what it means to you. Because obviously you have a very deep personal commitment to this harmony. Yes. Yes. And I love to dance. Uh, and uh, when I dance, I can get with the rhythm of the music and I become part of the music. So it's one of the nice things to be able to do. My wife, uh, I, just, is, just for an aside, go ahead. once said to me, Whitley, you actually don't dance like a truck. You dance like a bus. <laughs> anyway, I love to dance too. Um, and that lady looking over my shoulder is winking at us because uh, oh, we used to go dancing and she sure tried hard not, not to get herself killed. That's about the best I can say. <laughs> let's uh, yeah, let's yeah, go back yeah. to it. Well, yeah, you did get out there and move. And that, that the point of all this is the need to be able to move. If you move around, you increase the likelihood of coincidence. Not all the time. Your mother didn't move, but she moved around a lot within San Antonio. But that's another story. What are What is this story about your mother telling us about resonance, talking about harmony, what talking about how things work around us? Well, here on Earth, we're full of polarities. This polar, polar, polarities is part of being uh, a being on Earth, black and white night and day, uh, all those things that we know, good and bad, are we, we live in this polarity, but this polarity doesn't have to be always so bad. And coincidences, the, the negative sides, and coincidences tell us there's more potential here, that the we are probably part of a spiral ourselves, each one of us. And one of my favorite ideas is the sine wave. A sine wave goes like this. And a sine wave is a description of how energy moves. Light and sound are ups and downs. But so if you take a spiral that's laid off like this, a, double, a helix like in the DNA molecule, and you slice that helix to make it two dimensions, you're going to find a spiral. So spirals are essential parts of our life thing, the DNA molecule, and so many other things. In addition, when you look at a spiral or a, at a sine wave and just take this part of it, it looks very much like the bell-shaped curve, which, is descri which describes a lot of aspects of normality, of, you know, if there's how many, the, how many people are, of a, are really short as on one tail, how many people are really tall or in the other tail. And the middle has most of the people who are average. So the idea of a sine wave covers a lot of what happens in this reality. And what I think you're doing, Whitley, I'm hearing it from you, and I've seen what you're writing about, how you think. We're trying to understand the nature of reality. And part of understanding the nature of reality is to be able to see that this sine wave thing happens a lot. And if you get two sine waves going together, you get harmony. And if you get two sine waves going at different at differences from each other at the right difference, you get a, a musical sound, you get a chord. 
it's part of the way it appears it works. So we have a choice. And I think, I hope that's what you're referring to. We have a choice to become part of the harmony or not to become part of the harmony. And stories like yours say the harmony is there. It's there to be discovered. And let's become part of it. And looking at meaningful coincidences is one good way to do that. Yeah, and looking at them and understanding them. And we're going to go a little deeper in just a couple of minutes into that word understanding, because I think Bernard's got the best ideas about why these things are, what this harmony is all about of anyone I've ever read. I agree completely with Jeff Kripal in this respect. Thank you, uh, very, thank you, thank you very much. I, I have to agree, having read a lot, that this is the best book on meaningful coincidences ever written. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, you're not, he's not blowing his own horn, folks. It's just simply is the truth. That's why we're here and why I'm having such a fabulous time, because I feel like I'm really learning something here. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, but there's also some sad news. Free Dreamlanders, I have to tell you goodbye now. And I just hate to do it, but, you know, I'm going to do it because... uh, you need to pay for this. The site will not continue on forever without you. I mean, I, I knock along. I do. This is not a, this is not a wealth producing thing for sure, but the site has to pay for itself or it goes under because um, I am not a rich man. I wish I was. So do sign up. And if you don't sign up, we'll probably still see you next week. Uh, Enjoyed it so much having you with us and, Bernard and I are going to go down some fabulous paths. You're going to hear about some mind-bending coincidences, and you're going to leave the show understanding why they happen, how to find them in your life, and how to draw them into your life. You've been listening to Dreamland. Be sure to tune in again next week. Dreamland is brought to you by UnknownCountry.com and its family of subscribers. Our theme music is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. Unknown Country was founded by Ann Streber. Our news editor is Matthew Frizzell. Our coordinator is Amy Safrankova. Whitley Streber is your Dreamland host. And I'm your announcer, Ted Alexander.